Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on November 13th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Hallie Parkins with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come where not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. For I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. The gospel of the Lord indeed. Well, we heard it in the gospel. Don't start prepping now. Don't prepare your words in advance. Just trust the words and the wisdom that God will give you and let flow from you. And I have to say, this is a risky way to preach a sermon or do most anything in life. And as far as sermons go, I have never actually uh, preached without a manuscript or preached without words except for the one time I flunked the no manuscript sermon in my homiletics class. It was spectacular. You have to trust me on this. This is before my sermons were recorded. And it's exceptional sermon prep material and advice to completely and totally rely on the improv of the gospel message. But this is a weird one to include. Uh, It has the phrase, you'll be hated by all. Yes, and... I wasn't even tempted to not prepare my sermon and words in advance this week, but I did feel some of the weight on my shoulders lifting and the responsibility of having to come up with words a little easier this week and the trust of the gift of God's presence and words and wisdom to see us all through, no matter what troubled times there might be. 
And boy, there are spectacularly troubled times. And I've been feeling downright apocalyptic. And maybe you, like me, have also been feeling this gut punch of the apocalypse in the past couple of weeks with all the speeches and political commentary that demonizes and catastrophizes. And even though we're a week late on the electionary fitting the lead up to the election cycle, the doom and the gloom still feel so relevant. There's a cloud of uncertainty still hanging in the air. Both sides of the political spectrum are bringing on the end of the world in their, in their rhetoric, or in the very least, they're bringing on the side you oppose. Um, so wherever you fall on the spectrum, that other side is bringing on the end of the world. The end time language persists. The fight and the struggle of end times is evoked in victory speeches and concession speeches alike, triumphant and despairing. And here again, so timely in our gospel scripture, we hear of an apocalyptic language text in vivid and gory detail. And I'm here for it. I'm, I'm actually loving the text this week because I think I'm feeling downright apocalyptic. And the cast the mighty down from their thrones, uplift the humble of heart, fill the hungry with wondrous things, leave the wealthy no part way that Mary sings when she first is filled with a spark of the incarnation of God. It has taken me a while to understand apocalyptic literature, why it is so important, so prevalent in the Bible, and so timely then, and especially now. And maybe it was just living through uh, an election cycle that made me totally and completely here for it every time it comes up. Our gospel in Luke this week is a prophetic text Words of Jesus relayed by the writer we call Luke in a time of great persecution by the Roman Empire. At the time that Luke is writing, the temple had been destroyed. The city of Jerusalem had fallen. The literal structures on which people had built their religious centers and lives were in ruins. The obvious parallel for us, maybe in our modern imagination, would be to link this to our church sanctuary. You know, it was so beautifully set up last week with Pastor Jan's description of the sanctuary as one of those thin places where we come to know within ourselves that there is no death and that only a veil divides, thin as gossamer, with beautiful stained glass by Mark Goldsrud, the altar and the triptych, and a large space that just fills up with music and hope on a Sunday morning. And it would be as if in this modern proclamation of Luke's writing, no stone was left unturned in this sanctuary. And no structure, physical or otherwise, on which we had built our lives was standing. That's provocative for sure, because it asks us where then would we hold our hope? Where would we find our assurance in this world? We are coming to the end of our church year, a year we have been sojourning with the Gospel of Luke. This gospel is a little tamer, a little less feral than other gospels in apocalyptic language, and a great uncovering of the kingdom of God bearing down among us. The language of the apocalypse in our scriptures always offers us a gift and a challenge of the hope of God and the rain that is coming, that is pushing in and colliding up against the powers of the world that oppose God. And it is painful uncomfortable even to wait, even in the mildest of times, for God who is coming again. These are especially anxious times. 
Because surely we know we live in troubled times. We need reassurance. We need somewhere to find refuge. And so this year, I remember the words we have carried in the theme, New Life Awaits, with us. Uh, we've carried them in song, and we've tethered our hope and our faith and our life together with these words. We carried New Life Awaits with us in the smudge on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday, and the metaphor of a green fern frond emerging from a volcanic ash. And though the oceans roar and the earth quakes and we live in the middle of catastrophes, the words spoken and written and shared again promise that new life awaits. We carry new life awaits with us each and every week, and especially this week when our young learners, our preschool friends here at St. Mark's, who wore stickers this week that said future voters, will go out and plant camas lily bulbs this week on the land that we steward together as a faith community. Our Sunday school learners will also plant these camas lily bulbs uh, next Sunday. About a month ago, Elder Connie McLeod, the cultural director of the Puyallup tribe, came and spoke at St. Mark's for a Sunday morning forum. She spoke about the sweetness of the camas root, its cultivation and harvest, its importance and significance to the indigenous peoples of the Northwest for food and for culture. And she also spoke of the impact that agricultural practices and urban growth had on the camas lily. As people settled the land, they drained wetlands and plowed the prairies to create farmland. They also grazed livestock on the fields. And one of our members at St. Mark's envisioned a sea of blue camas lilies at St. Mark's. And planting one of these bulbs might be a small act of remembrance and restitution, a small act that builds relationship back. I know it's a small thing, planting this tiny little perennial bulb, a small symbol of new life held and waiting in the dark and fallow season as fall turns into winter in cool and dark soil. It's a small hope that new life waits in this slow and perennial transformation of our relationship with indigenous people, a slow and perennial transformation of our life holding in the hope of God. And I know it's new life that we hold all along and will hold all the way to the end where life meets us again. And we hold so tenderly now with great trust and enduring faith that carries us from age to age. And so I'm encouraged this week, encouraged by you as you let your words and your testimony flow from you and lift from the page, lift out from anything you've written or thought about or prescribed, lift into these times in persistent life of Christ. I know this is the life that will continue to buoy us through the tumult and steady us with all the churning and the change and gifts us with words to preach and words to advocate and words to speak of a faith in God who anchors us unconditionally in love. And for this, for life, and for words that flow in the trust of God who inspires and gives them and even lets them be written down every once in a while, we give thanks to God. Amen.